y'all ready for this? This is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. Grabbed all near side room, 35-30, cuts back between the hashes, 25-20. There he goes, veering right, 10-5, end zone, touchdown Packers. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Chrisman past the 45, trucks the defender at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20, can he go? 15, 10, 5, touchdown! A 60-yard rush by Caleb Chrisman, and the Deacons hit Painter for the first time tonight. Play action, Harless looking left, now looks right. He'll fire deep, far side, Vasquez leaping catch at the 30-yard line. There he goes with the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Warbirds. This is Prep Spotlight. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to a Dakota Bowl version of Prep Spotlight here on 740thefan.com. Podcast version, glad you are tuning in. Chase Miller, Brad Anderson, and with us is Jody Norstead of Midco Sports Network. Crazy to think that the Dakota Bowl is already set here, and it is mid-November right now. But let's get right to the first game. It's going to be a 9-10 kickoff from the Fargo Nine-Man Championship. Why Merrill Lidgewood? Well, they go up against Shiloh Christian. Shiloh Christian, a team making their second appearance in school history for Why Merrill Lidgewood, their first since. 2010 and uh, Jody thanks for coming on let's start with the nine man game what are some uh, X factors or players that you're going to be watching for in this one uh, come tomorrow morning Jody well first off get up early and watch a lot of scoring because I think you're going to see a shootout between these two high powered offenses and we saw that happen in in the semifinals both games uh, both teams in the semifinals scored over 30 points and so did the team that they were playing so we're going to see some points in this one. Uh, it's just going to be kind of one of those games that whoever has the ball last and scores last is probably going to win this ball game. I just kind of have that feeling. Uh, a couple of the keys to look for, uh, Shiloh's offense been really good. They really relied heavily on Kanan Foggerlin in the semifinal. I mean, geez, guys, 48 carries for 300 yards, five touchdowns, and then he had two interceptions on defense. So, uh, what a game by Foggerlin, and with the weather conditions, they kind of had to play that way, but they do have a really top-of-the-line quarterback and just a sophomore in Jaden Mitzel. But the thing about that, we're getting a sophomore versus a three-year starter for Wyatt Harless at Wymere Lidgewood at the quarterback spot. So I think that's something to, to watch play out. Will there be those sophomore nerves and make those mistakes, or is there maybe more pressure on Wyatt Harless since he is the veteran in this matchup? But uh, to make those plays happen. So I think, and both those guys are, are really good on defense as well. Uh, I would say Weimar Lidgewood maybe has the better receiving weapons and, and a little bit more team speed, but uh, this is going to be a fun matchup, guys, and it's going to be a lot of points scored. And, and watch. I'm going to predict that there's going to be a lot of points scored, and then we're going to have some 7-6 game. I think that's impossible in 9-man. <laughs> it's really hard to do a 9-man. I'd be interested to see how the uh, how, how the game plan, if it changes for Shiloh, now that they're yeah. inside the, the climate control difference. I don't think it's going to for Weinmere-Lidgewood. And, I mean, the fact that they threw for over 300 yards, Cavalier kind of took their run game away. I think that was a big part of it. But we talked about uh, can Wyatt Harless – well, we knew he could make plays, and he had to. The run game kind of was taken away from him, and even the conditions the way they were, he uh, he played a, a terrific game uh, uh, at quarterback on Saturday. Yeah, to still be able to do that, and I saw the field conditions up there. There was a cool aerial shot floating mm-hmm. around on Twitter of all the snow there, but uh, yeah, it's it, his. their passing game it just doesn't seem to be phased by the weather. Now they move inside. Uh, I think they'll have a lot of fun with that. And like you mentioned for Shiloh, does the game plan change? You don't obviously have to give the ball to Fogerland 48 times, but I do think you have to establish that ground game 
Uh, so it gives you a better shot of keeping Weimir Lidgewood's offense uh, off the field. And I think you probably instilled some confidence in your boys up front that, hey, let's, let's try to do this again next week against Weimir Lidgewood and, and control the pace a little bit and, and play out in front of them, uh, where if they get behind, though, they still have a quarterback that can get them back in the game. From from nine man to class, A, the Hillsborough Central Valley Burroughs will meet the Langdon area Edmore Munich Cardinals at noon. And guys, the Burroughs are eleven and zero. The Cardinals are eleven zero. Hillsborough Central Valley has outscored their opponents one hundred to fifteen in the playoffs, where Langdon has outscored their opponents eighty six to fourteen in the playoffs. This almost feels like two teams that could look at each other and see each other in the mirror, Jody. Yeah, and I, I really was hoping for this matchup. When the brackets first came out, I was like, man, it'd be really cool to see Hillsborough Central Valley and Langdon Edmore Munich play, the two teams that I've, I've kind of covered throughout my uh, years up here. So this is going to be pretty cool because you have uh, a great quarterback in Jacob Delvo uh, up at Langdon area Munich, a guy that plays good defense too. He had two interceptions uh, against Belva, and their defense is just, uh, they've been so good. Six shutouts on the season, I think, that kind of gets lost in the mix of, of their high-flying offense. And then you throw in Connor Tetrault, who we've seen highlights of him just destroying people uh, as a senior tailback. So he, he could be a big bruiser in this matchup. But then you look at Hillsborough. I mean, a, another great defense in Grant Skager, who's uh, been just eating up yards with ease behind that offensive line. So these are two really physical teams that are just going to go at it. I think I give a little bit of edge to Langdon, uh, just with Delvo and that passing game inside the Fargo Dome, I think that's going to be a, a little bit of an advantage for them and Amphrony Economy running out there and, and making plays in space. But, uh, boy, if Hillsborough Central Valley is able to run the ball and run the ball like they have all year, uh, that could spell trouble for the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm having a, a, interesting with that matchup, and, and I'm glad you mentioned their defense because I don't think we've given them enough credit. The way they shut down yeah. Velva, I think it was 23 yards in the first half that they <laughs> allowed Velva in the first half, which was terrific. And it, it's interesting how they got here. Hillsborough Central Valley, you know, we forget was one step away from going to the Dakota, to the Dakota Bowl as a Double A team last year. They moved down. They still had a lot of pieces in play. Where it's been the progression for Langdon, where the, these guys played as freshmen and sophomores and took their lumps they made the next step and uh, got beat in the semis last year and it's just good to see them um, I was just emailing with Josh Kravachka their coach uh, earlier this week and just just to see how the progression and it finally uh, culminates in a chance to win a state title yeah and, and you know that that kind of helps the team bond together and rally around something like the semifinal loss that they had last year and, and you know same case for Hillsborough Central Valley they lost to to St. Mary's last year in the semis and, and they kind of felt oh, okay both these teams are really motivated you guys and you get two motivated teams going head-to-head uh, in the Fargo Dome on Friday, it's going to be interesting. I think turnovers will be huge. I mean, if one of these teams commits, you know, two, three turnovers, that could really uh, spell doom for them. I mean, Hillsborough Central Valley forced three Dickinson Trinity turnovers in that semifinal game, and, and that really helped them kind of bear down and really just take the Titans way out of what they wanted to do offensively. For Hillsborough Central Valley, Grant Skager, two games in the quarters and the semis, 487 yards in the ground and seven touchdowns. He will be a big X factor in the game one way or another for Hillsborough Central Valley. Jody Norstead with us here on Prep Spotlight Podcast version. He's with Midco Sports Network, Chase Miller and Brad Anderson with you. And from there, this was a game which was midway through the season. Fargo Shanley beat Bismarck St. Mary 17-14 to out in the capital city. And once that game got done, I personally wanted a rematch because it was such a quality football game from the offense to the defense to the special teams in this one. Fargo Shanley, the last 
beaten team in Class 2A at 10-0. Watford City then jumped on Bismarck St. Mary's after they lost to Shanley, so there's their two losses on the season. Uh, Jody, can St. Mary's get a little revenge, or do you think Fargo-Shanley has maybe has the upper hand in this one? Well, I'm just thinking back to after that game. I remember reading in the newspaper Coach Smirker saying, I suspect there's a very good chance we could run into them again. Hopefully both teams are healthy and we get that chance. And I think that's what we're going to get. I mean, Cole Gendrew, uh, if you guys remember, was knocked out of that game. He suffered an injury and didn't come back for the second half. I think, Chase, you were uh, on the call maybe mm-hmm. for that game. So they didn't have him the second half. So how did that kind of affect things? And then Jake Cav also got hurt in that game. And Cav ended up missing a few games. Uh, finally came back for that semifinal this uh, past week. He looked good. And, you know, there's a, you could tell that there's a little bit of you know, I think he had a brace on his knees, so there's a little bit of uh, he wasn't at full mobility, I guess. And he said it was kind of bugging him after the game, and it was kind of digging into his leg a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how much full strength he has. Uh, St. Mary's has really gotten Jonah Krebs going on the ground, so their Shanley's defense is going to need to be at its best, and they really have been all season. They did well against the, the Watford City team. They just seem to have. Uh, one of the best defensive lines in the state, a great linebacking core in the state. The interesting thing for Shanley that stuck out to me and what they did against Wofford City, they put Caden Kuhneman back in in the second half. He got injured, I think it was week three, against Wofford City. They came back and, and put him in in that game, and then they were kind of using him and Busick. Busick was getting the calls from the sidelines, making the calls on the huddle. They were using both of those guys. One thing I'm wondering were they just giving St. Mary's something extra to prepare for? Are they going to use that in the Dakota Bowl and use that kind of you know two quarterback style? I think that'll be an interesting thing to see that play out on Friday. The the two losses for St. Mary's I think allowed them to refocus and honestly that week off where maybe some teams would you know would kind of want to shy away from that week off or you know maybe look at it as a negative I think they looked at it as like I think they were ready to go they were they were healthy and it really showed they they took away Hornstein they just basically took away everything from from uh, Devils Lake offensively yeah and we just know the Saints tradition I mean they they're so strong and they're looking for another state championship and. Uh, and they have revenge on their minds from what happened in the regular season on their home turf. So, uh, boy, look out. I mean, St. Mary's, they held Devil's Lake to just 29 yards in the first half total, and they racked up 224 themselves. So this is a St. Mary's team that's rested, it's healthy, and, and they're out to go get Shanley. And the last time who won? Bismarck St. Mary's is your defending champs in Class AA. Last time for Fargo, Shanley uh, was 2012. So they've been there. They've been runners-up, but they haven't been able to come out with the hardware on that one. Our final game of the nightcap, a championship drought will be ended. West Fargo hasn't been to the Dakota Bowl since 2003. For Minot High, they haven't won a state football championship since 1980. This also is a rematch of the season opener, which saw the West Fargo Packers go to the Magic City and come away with a double-digit win. However, both teams in that game, first game of the season. So kind of what Brad and I talked about last week, and Jody, same thing with you, how much could you put in West Fargo's 41-0 win over Bismarck in the sem- in the second game of the year? Well, the semis, it was a lot closer of a matchup. West Fargo, mine at high, playing in the turf. Rudolph for mine at high, the quarterback, Gravdahl, quarterback for West Fargo. Jody, this could either go a 7-6 ball game, or this could be 31-28, I think, with the high-powered offenses that we have you really could see it go either way isn't that the truth and, and you know you just look back to that first game and I thought you know we didn't really know what to expect in that first game from either of these teams we knew that they'd be good we thought maybe West Fargo would be a little bit down with the players that they lost and that's kind of when they really you know 
knocked us all upside the head and said, no, we're still here. We're still really good. Went out and got that uh, win in Minot. Uh, but Minot played him really tough. You look back at the regular season, Minot played him better than really anyone in the regular season. And now, you know, the magicians go on the road, win two games in the playoffs on the road. That, that just screams, hey, we're tough and, and nothing is really going to phase us. So I don't think they're concerned about playing Big Bad West Fargo anymore. And I think we saw uh, a little bit of the Packers, you know, they were they were a little bit nervous. Did they get over that hump last week, that, that bad game that we were all kind of waiting for uh, in the semifinals, trying to, to get over that hump of what they had done the past two years against Century? Uh, they get into it. So maybe we see a West Fargo team that, hey, we got past that hurdle. Now we're going to, now we're just going to kick it into overdrive with Grabdahl and, and open up this offense. So it's going to be interesting. I think Minot matches up West Fargo's uh, physicality better than anyone in the state. So I think that'll be, it'll be a physical battle. Uh, turnovers, again, are going to be key. Minot had some costly turnovers in that first game. Uh, and can their passing game return to form? Because obviously the weather is kind of dictated to having to run the ball a lot more. Uh, can Rudolph open it up and, and really attack this Packers secondary? We'll see. Yeah, I was just looking back on the stats from the first game and some things that really stand out that Minot did. Uh, they they won the battle time of possession. They held the ball for about 29 minutes. They had a couple mm-hmm. of big plays for scores, and they were very good. They were over 50% on third down, and they did win the turnover battle. Not too often the West Fargo's turned it over three times in a game, but they did, they did force three turnovers and grabbed all through a couple of picks. So um, if there's a recipe to try and uh, slay the Packers. That might be uh, that might be it in one big combo. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, West Fargo obviously had a little bit of trouble last week, but rebounded well in that second half. And I think the big thing for them is that they they were just playing with so much pressure, and they've been the favorite uh, really since that week one, week two moment. That uh, okay, they're the team that's going to win the state title because no one's really touching them right now because they proved it in those first three weeks of the season. Now we'll see how that pressure affects them. All the pressure is on West Fargo. Minot's playing with house money. They won two playoff games on the road. No one really expected them to be there, uh, probably besides themselves in that locker room. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Pressure's on West Fargo. Jody, as always, thank you so much for your time. If people want to read more information about uh, your work or some of the stuff coming up for the Dakota Bowl, where's a couple places they can go? Yeah, check out, you know, either follow me on Twitter or go to the midcosn.com website. Blogs up there, you know, from... From past weeks, you can go review all the power rankings at the beginning of the season. I always like to do that, see where I thought teams would would finish and then uh, how it actually played out. So that's pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, our YouTube page, Midco Sports Network, search that on YouTube, and you'll find all of our stuff from from previous weeks and stuff like that, past varsity sports live shows and, and everything. So some good stuff. Looking forward to a fun week, guys.